You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, literally wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at NolaJake on Twitter, here with you all on this Thursday, a game day for the Pelicans as they travel to Phoenix to take on the surprisingly decent Phoenix Suns. We'll preview that game in the third segment, but before that, we're going to touch on the Pelicans offense. They've looked pretty good. I've said I'm a big believer in the three-point shooting, but you're starting to see this really come together. We'll take a look at some of the numbers behind it and some of the play that we're seeing from these guys. Then we're also just going to do a rundown of the Southwest Division. There's a lot of scoring going on in this division. You guys need to be aware of at least some of it since they are division rivals. We'll run down some of the big players, the big performances, and how these other teams are doing. So let's dive into everything in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So the Pelicans offense has looked pretty good the past couple of games. Now it helps that they're playing some opponents that haven't been particularly great. Portland struggled. The Golden State Warriors got absolutely rocked last night by the Dallas Mavericks as they've been just getting straight up rocked all season long. So you're playing some bad defensive teams, which maybe inflate the numbers a little bit overall. But over the course of the season, this Pelicans offense ranks 11th best. They've got an offensive rating of 109.2 points per 100 possessions. That's a pretty good number. Again, 11th best isn't bad given that you've been without Brandon Ingram for stretches of games. You've been without J.J. Redick for stretches of games. You haven't seen Zion Williamson at all. And by and large, Drew Holiday has rather struggled this year. So things are going well, and they're doing it in a mix of half court and their fast break offense. Right now, the Pelicans uh, have some amazing three-point shooting going on, and I've said I'm a big believer in this three-point shooting that the team has. They take the fourth most three-point attempts per game, a shade under 40, 39.3, and they're making them at 38% of the time. That's fifth best in the league. You're doing it with both volume and consistency. If you've been listening to the podcast for a couple of years, I say it's one thing if you shoot 40% from deep, but if you're only taking 20 or 25 a game, I don't know if that's necessarily instilling that much fear into opposing defenses. When you're bombing 40 from deep and you're shooting it at 38%, that is terrifying defenses, and you're seeing a lot of really hard closeouts, which is opening up the lane and making it a little bit easier for the Pelicans to drive and to attack the basket. But right now, their offense is based around the fast break and open three-pointers. And you know what? It's working. The Pelicans, in terms of three-point percentage, so percentage of field goals that are three-pointers, it's 43% of the time they are taking a three instead of a two. It's a lot. But when you make them and have guys that can do it to the degree that J.J. Redick does, Brandon Ingram's having an excellent three-point shooting season as well, it's working. You have J.J. Redick who's shooting 46.2% on 93 attempts. He's made 43 of them. It's a good number. Brandon Ingram shooting 44.4%, 54 attempts, making 24 of them. 
Josh Hart's shooting above 38% from deep. He's shooting 38.6%, 57 attempts, 22 makes. Lonzo Ball's even getting in on the action, shooting 36.7%. Nicolo Melli's shooting 36% from the field. Overall, their three-point shooting is very real because you kind of trust maybe all of those names other than Lonzo Ball that I mentioned. It's working. They're going to keep doing it. And when you get in the half court and rip an early three, it's not necessarily a bad shot when you're making them 38% of the time. And the, you know, the by far majority of your offense is kind of coming from that. Now, another area they're really starting to make improvements in is in the fast break. This team wants to turn opponents over get out and run, and score those easy fast break buckets. They do it extremely well when they get out and run. They finish those plays to a high degree, but they hadn't been getting the opportunities. Well, they're starting to get the opportunities a little bit more now. If you look at the percentage of points that they score in the fast break of their offense, it's 12.6%. That's 11th best in the league. They would like that to be number one. The Toronto Raptors score 17.1% of their points in the fast break. New Orleans wants to be closer to that, but they'll take 11th right now, given you're without Zion. You've been without a number of those other guys that we mentioned before, and Drew has not played well. And they're doing a pretty good job when they do get in transition and go out and score. So you're seeing those numbers start to improve. I believe in this offense. I don't know if I've really ever said that before other than maybe the time uh, once DeMarcus Cousins went down and the team just went hyper fast. But even then, I did a podcast on it and I wrote about it too when I still used to write a bunch that it was a lot of smoke and mirrors that they were getting out and running but they weren't efficient at that but they were doing it so much more than other teams. It was like 20% 20 to 25% of their offense that they would make up for the lack of efficiency in other areas. Here, you don't need to make up for anything. They're going out and bombing from deep and making them and they're getting in transition and scoring. That's exactly the way this team wants to play. It's looking pretty good. Now, if they can cut down the number of turnovers, they'd probably rise in those offensive rankings going from 11 to maybe somewhere in the top five. And that's probably where they could end up at the end of the year. This offense looks good good particularly when you have a guy like Brandon Ingram who can really create for himself and go out and get his own shot kind of that alpha guy you need those in the modern NBA alongside all of the other team aspects of everything he's that guy I said to a couple people this offseason he was going to get paid this coming offseason he's going to get a max somewhere and was going to get paid now it's the Pelicans who are going to have to pay them or have to pay him because that's what's going to happen. He's looked that good. He's a very real score. And things are coming together despite not being healthy, despite not great offensive times from Lonzo Ball, from Drew Holiday at times. I feel very good about this offense and everything they're building on that side of the ball. Defense is improving. Not there yet. We can call it good. We can call it great. It's not uh, abysmal like it used to be. They're up to, I think, 20th in the league and like 17th, 15th if you look at the past six games. We're not here to talk about that. We just like threes and dunks and all of that. And when J Jackson Hayes really gets going, which he started to, they're going to be even better. I'm excited for this this offense and everything they're going to do. And when Zion comes back and gets to playing this, oh boy, look out. It's going to be a lot of fun. But this offense is for real. The three-point shooting is for real. There's This isn't going to stop. So this is a team that's going to be able to put up a lot of points on a nightly basis. 
So coming up, we'll take a look around the Southwest Division because there's some truly awesome things going on in the Pelicans division and with their division rivals. Before we get to that, though, attention past, present, and future MyBookie players. During Thanksgiving week, MyBookie is offering a risk-free bet on the Lions-Bears game. Simply choose the team against the spread for up to $250. If you win, congrats. You got some extra holiday spending money. If you lose... Also, congrats, because my bookie is going to give you all your money back. It's a no-brainer. You literally cannot lose with this. It's no risk, all gravy. It doesn't matter if you're an experienced player or a first-time customer. My bookie welcomes all to come play. So quit wasting around and sign up today. Do you find yourself wanting to sports bet but have a lot of questions? Don't sweat it. MyBookie's patient customer service team can walk you through the process. And the best part is, if you join this Thanksgiving week, you still have one last shot to take advantage of their incredible sign-up offer. Just log on to MyBookie.ag and make your first deposit with promo code LOCKEDONNBA, and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar to jumpstart your bankroll. And that's on top of the risk-free bet. Let me repeat, that's a guaranteed deposit match and a risk-free bet for Thanksgiving only. So if you're a true football fan or basketball fan, you do not want to let this opportunity pass you by. You simply cannot lose. Make sure you do your part to support your team this year. Hop on the gravy train and get in on the action with mybookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. So the Southwest Division is pretty fun this year. If you've been paying attention to some of the biggest stories around the league, Luka Doncic is one of them. James Harden is probably the other. And they all play in the Pelicans division. That's kind of wild. Doncic is right now just dropping triple doubles like it's very easy for him. He is 20 years old, and he's got the Dallas Mavericks playing really well right now. This is a team that's in the playoff race. They're the fifth seed if it ended today at 8-5 and five on the season. Luka Doncic had something like 40 10 and 10 the other night he had 30 something 10 and 10 in a basically 50 point win over the golden state warriors that the mavs had and he dropped that in 25 minutes of action he was a plus 45 in 25 minutes Think about that one for a second and how unbelievably impressive it is. On the season, Doncic is averaging 29.5 points per game, 9.3 assists, 10.7 rebounds. He's also bombing from deep, especially recently, and making them despite getting off to a slow start from beyond the arc to, to start the year. Kristaps Porzingis is averaging 18 and um, 18.6 and 9 rebounds per game. He's not back yet, but he's starting to round into form a little bit. They've just got a good team that has enough shooting and guys around Luka to make this team very good. They're a well-ish constructed team uh, that has the best offense in the league right now. So they are going out and they can score against you, led by their 20-year-old rookie, which is wild that he was the third pick. Or what, fifth pick in the draft? Whatever it was. Third or fourth or fifth, something like that. I'm forgetting. Really good. I can understand Trey Young over him. DeAndre Ayton, not so much. Um, whoever the Kings took, which I don't even remember, not so much. Um, he's been unbelievably impressive. Rick Carlisle is a very good coach. They're going to be in playoff contention all season long. I don't necessarily see them really fading. You've got the two stars there and enough other guys to kind of help carry the load with things. And they've got some depth top to bottom. They don't really beat you up in terms of some scoring. But uh, from the bench guys, it's really top heavy. But everyone can kind of get out there and give you maybe 10 points on a nightly basis, which can be pretty tough. Their bench outscores 
outscores the opponent pretty regularly this season. In terms of outscoring, it also stays in the division with the Houston Rockets. They lead the division right now with a 10-3 record. They have the second-best record in the Western Conference, just behind the Los Angeles Lakers. They are the third-best offense in the league, the second-fastest-paced team in the league, which if you've watched this Houston Rockets team over the past couple of years, they're slow. They're an isolation-heavy style of ball with James Harden. This year, they've changed it, and Harden is reaping the benefits. Get this. His points-per-game number is absolutely insane. James Harden is averaging a ridiculous, on the season, through 14 games in 36.6 minutes on 25.4 shot attempts per game. 39.2 points. 39.2 points per game. To do that over a five-game stretch is nuts. To do it over 14 and to seem like you're going to keep doing it is absolutely bonkers. He has been awesome this year. Now, it helps he gets to the free throw line over 14 times per game with those cheap, stupid fouls and stuff that we all hate, but it works. And he's also taking 14 three-point attempts per game. He's not shooting particularly well, just 34%, but their offense revolves around him. But when they need to throw a change of pace at you, that's not something a little bit slower with Harden and some of the things that he does. They've got Russell Westbrook, who's still averaging 21.6. We've seen what he can do against you when you just get him the ball and let him attack the rim. He's still lightning fast. Not a good shooter by any stretch, but can still do very Russell Westbrook things. He's leading them, too, alongside James Harden. They get enough rebounding and defense from Clint Capella. You've got Eric Gordon, who's out injured right now, but can give you some shooting. Same thing for Austin Rivers. They're just going to keep outscoring you because they take the most threes per game. We thought the Pelicans were a high number. They're even higher, 46.4 per game. They get to the line almost 29 times per game. This is what they're built around doing, getting fouled, going to the line, and launching threes. You know what? It's working. Their defense has been right at league average, too. You're getting some more buy-in from Harden, from um, Russell Westbrook on that side of the ball as well. You've got Capello that can really help you. Daniel House is also pretty good uh, on that side of the ball, and they give you just enough. They are not deep even remotely, and they really could use another piece or two to maybe get them over the hump. But this is a team that can compete in the Western Conference for uh, the the title. I don't know if they could necessarily win the NBA Finals, but if James Harden is going to give you 40 points per game, you never know what's going to happen. Then you have the Pelicans who sit 5-9. and nine. We know all about them. Memphis Grizzlies after that. They got off to an interesting start this year before really falling off, and I think teams figured out how to guard Jaron Jackson Jr. after a very impressive rookie year. He has struggled so far this year. John Morant's been a pretty good player overall, very much uh, worthy of being the number two overall pick. I liked his game a lot coming in. Um, I had a pretty sizable gap between him and R.J. Barrett, who went third. You can kind of see it. He's had a couple of moments of big shots, big games, inconsistent as a rookie. The jumper hasn't quite been there. But overall, he's going to be a stud for years to come. I do worry about Jaron Jackson Jr., though, and his play. And then rounding out the Southwest Division is not a team we expect to see at the bottom. That's the San Antonio Spurs, 5-10 and 10 on the year. They don't look good. Their offense doesn't look good. The defense doesn't look good. They're well coached, which will help win them some games. They've got a couple guys like Deontay Murray who are pretty good as well. But overall, they're just kind of, and I guess DeMar DeRozan's another name we should mention. So they have enough talent that can win you occasional games, 
but they're not very good, and this might be the end of the Spurs' run. But really, it's kind of a top-heavy division with the Rockets and the Dallas Mavericks, and hopefully the Pelicans can get in that. And the games that they play against Dallas, against the Rockets, are going to be fun probably for years to come, especially this season. I'm excited. It's a fun division. It's going to be a competitive division. A lot of scoring. Defensive ratings are going to get torched when some of these teams play each other. So we're going to wrap up looking at tonight's game. Before we do that, though, today's show also brought to you by Audible. Audible has the world's largest selection of audiobooks and audio entertainment. Start listening with a 30-day Audible trial. Choose one audiobook and two Audible originals absolutely free. Visit audible.com slash NBA. And if you're listening on the go and you can't visit Audible right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. So the Pelicans travel to Phoenix to take on the Phoenix Suns, a surprising Phoenix Suns team who were led by former Pelicans slash Hornets head coach Monty Williams in his first year there. They are 7-6, and 8th in the Western Conference right now. We talked earlier this season about roster continuity, how it's benefiting teams like the Minnesota Timberwolves a little bit, and the Pelicans didn't have that, and you can see them struggling. Well, Phoenix is the counterexample of all of that. They've had a lot of roster turnover. They're dealing with some suspensions right now, and they're kind of still chugging along and looking pretty good. 7-6 and six isn't an amazing record, but when you've been as bad as Phoenix has been, and you have DeAndre Ayton, who's been suspended 25 games for PEDs, it's not too bad whatsoever. They've got an offensive rating that ranks 7th, defense ranks 12th, they are a well-coached, well-kind-of-planned-out team led by Devin Booker, the guy who is very young, can put up a ton of points. He's averaging 25.4 per game, along with six assists and three rebounds. But the guy that really makes them work might oddly be Aaron Baines, their 33-year-old center who came over from the Boston Celtics this year. He's averaging 14.5 points per game, but he's also shooting 44% from deep. I've watched them a bunch now. And their offense really works because their bigs in Aaron Baines and Frank Comiskey, especially now that DeAndre Ayton is out, can play up pretty high towards the three-point line that they've got some range. And by doing that, it's sucking defenders out of the paint and letting the guards and wings just run back and forth on the baseline like demons, creating all sorts of problems. They've also got Kelly Oubre there, who's averaging 17 points per game, along with six rebounds. He's been very good. Ricky Rubio really pulls the strings of that offense, 12.5 points per game for him. Eight assists, just finding cutters left and right. They're pretty good. This is not going to be an easy game and a game that you think you could just walk into and get a win because they're the Phoenix Suns. They've got a good coach. They've got a very good game plan. This could be, uh, this whole road trip for the Pelicans is a little bit tough. They are an excellent three-point shooting team, so you've got to make sure you run them off the line. But they can be sloppy with the ball. They turn it over a pretty good bit. Part of that is because you're making so many passes, you have so many cutters, and it sometimes is just going to get poked away or it's going to be a bad pass. By the way, for a Money Williams team, they rank in the top 10 in pace, changing as a head coach, which is really nice to see, and it's nice to see him having some success. But if you can force some turnovers from them, you can get some easy points in transition for New Orleans, and we just talked about it. They're doing a pretty good job of that so far this year defensively they poke the ball loose they get in the passing lanes and New Orleans needs to take care of the rock and you've got to make your shots because they do an excellent job of rebounding and vacuuming things up to try and get out in transition basically what 
the Pelicans want to do. This is not your normal Suns game. This is going to be very different. I'm warning you, Aaron Baines is going to cause some problems in this one. Maybe Frank Kaminsky too, but really Aaron Baines, who's been an unbelievable pickup for them and is just the key to unlocking that offense. It's going to be a fun one tonight. We'll be back tomorrow, of course, to recap the game. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget, subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast from. Leave a five-star review. Helps keep this free in five days a week for you all. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow.